Welcome to Men's Book Club. Men's Book Club, baby. We're just stalling now. (laughs) (laughs) The episode just started and we're stalling. We're stalling for time. We need to make this a half an hour and we're going to say Men's Book Club, damn it, 300 times. (laughs) No, I got a lot to say about this. This is, uh, we're doing Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse Five. Yeah. I love this book so do i big fan i I first read this book when i was 16 years old (laughs) (laughs) all right we're not starting over where i first read this book when i was 16 years old and this is my first time rereading it you read it in arabic no i didn't read it (laughs) in the original german yeah Um, oh wasn't it originally in german no okay wow I'm a big fan, guys. <laughs> just want to, just uh, want to repeat. Okay, so um, yeah, I read this when I was 16 years old. For the last 12 years or so, I've been going around saying, "Oh, this is this book is my favorite yeah, book." Because when I met him, he shoved it in my face. I did shove it in your face. I shove it in everybody's <laughs> face that I first meet, and I'm like, "You got to read this book." And I I don't remember. I mean, I remember the main plot of the story, but I don't remember a lot of things. Billy Pergam, damn it! Then this is my first reread of it. And um, I have to say, after reading this, I thought my 16-year-old self was an idiot, so there's no way I would like what he likes. I like what he likes. I like what he likes. Here are two things that happened. Either I was very mature for my age when I was 16 years old, or I still have the mentality of a 16-year-old. Either way, that's where we are Either way, you win. I love this book. So let's get into it a little bit. This tells the story of Billy Pilgrim, this World War II veteran Solid who name. becomes right, who becomes unstuck in time. Ooh. See, I thought he came over in the Mayflower. Oh, because Pilgrim? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, no. He becomes unstuck <laughs> in time, and throughout this novel, Billy Pilgrim is going from his time in the war to his living room to a new planet, Trauma Fedorians. I think I got that name right. And um, he's and back to his hospital bed, back to uh, an airplane where he where his airplane cl- crashes at one point, back to his uh, being next to his bed and his wife in bed. I mean, he keeps transporting back. Even and this forth guy got time. a wife? Come on. Oh, yeah. She was, he does go on, on to say that she is very unattractive and heavy. He does say that, though. So one for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes. I do imagine a very fat wife. Um, I don't know why. And uh, he does say throughout the book that she's eating candy bars all the time when she's talking to him. So that's all. Uh, Three Musketeers, actually. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this this is this is the, the. All right. So there are two things going on. There is the actual story that's happening, which is the story of this World War II veteran that is traveling in time. And you can take it as a sci-fi book, which is great that he goes to the planet uh, to another planet, he meets aliens, he keeps going back and forth in time and traveling, and you can see the book that way. Or you can look at it as a World War II veteran who is who has PTSD, who is struggling with the reality that he has. Um, well, what's the real way? There isn't one. That's the point. That's the brilliance of Kurt Vonnegut. And that's mm-hmm. why one of my favorite things about what this guy does is he takes something as serious as World War II and turns it into this humorous, fun satire but at the same time he makes it the best way i could describe it is makes it user friendly you can almost like a mac 
no, I don't like Macs. So they're not user friendly. <laughs> <laughs> no, he makes it so that you. Um, how is Macs user friendly? They're the least user friendly thing ever. They're they're so user friendly. No, they're not. Yeah, if they are. You come from a PC and you open up a Mac, you're so lost. Command C. Yeah, Command C. There's no Commander's Control. Anyway, um, I like a Mac. I'm sorry. Yeah, but it doesn't mean it's user friendly. No, user it's, friendly it's, 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 is I, nice. I, well, I'm I'm friendly and I'm a user. Yeah. When you first switched over from a PC to a Mac, I bet you you were confused as hell. How I, do you exit? I, I, How do you minimize? Yeah. I'm, I'm still asking those questions. <laughs> <laughs> He's a friend of my ass. Anyway, so, yeah, so he makes the story of war user-friendly because now you kind of understand it from the perspe- perspective of, A, him, the author, Kurt Vonnegut, who's been there, and B, through a, a protagonist that is often just as confused about what's happening as you are. So like Wade. Like Wade. Um there are, we'll get to Wade. So will the the entire really premise and I would say the climax of this story is uh, around the bombing of Dresden, which is a good city. Which is a German city. What you it say? Was a good city. A good city. Uh yeah, that's that's your contribution. A good city. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a good city. Hitler yeah. ran it well. Um. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was this uh, town in Germany, uh, and there was a bombing that happened, obviously, by the British and American uh, Allied forces that uh, that basically obliterated the city. If you go online and you do Dresden before and after the bombings, you'll see it. It, it basically becomes a shell of a city. Uh, it's very sad. But while the bombing was happening, Kurt Vonnegut, or in this case Billy Pilgrim, his the protagonist that he writes about. And a bunch of people were in a slaughterhouse being held as prisoners of war doing labor. When the bombing happened, they eventually come out to see that the city was been obliterated. The people that were watching them, the people that were cooking for them, the guards that were there, basically everybody that was involved in their day-to-day lives, people that were living and working in Dresden who thought that the city was never going to get bombed because it's this cultural icon it's this place where there's it's almost peaceful there really isn't any military strategy to to bomb that city that's why it's so brilliant they all get obliterated and there are more people that according to the book more people that died in dresden than died in hiroshima which is insane oh wow yeah insane um so throughout this whole book, Kurt Vonnegut, I mean, there was so much going on. Kurt Vonnegut is going is is putting us in we're we're following Billy Pilgrim, obviously, who's going back and forth in time. Uh Billy Pilgrim goes through so many events. He goes through war, he goes through an airplane crash where everybody on the plane dies except him and the pilot. Um, he goes to a new planet, Trauma Fedorian, Trauma Fedor. And the people are trauma Fedorians. He met uh, and, Bill Clinton. Um, close. He meets a he meets a movie star there, and she basically they have a baby together. They're enclosed, they're almost like in a zoo for the aliens to watch them how humans behave. Um, and he keeps traveling back and forth, really between mainly those three events, and and himself back at home as an older man after all of these things happen. So it, there's a lot of traveling back and forth. And again, you can argue that it's a really a time travel book you can say that it's ptsd now, how do you, you say view it's it? mental illness I, it's an anti-war book and mm. and i would say that it's probably more although some of these events happened before the war but you also don't know what the chronological mm. order is supposed to be of what's happening currently and again the brilliance of vonnegut is that he does that i think because it's an anti-war book it's supposed to show you the horrors of war yeah. very subtly I would say it's that, but 
Vonnegut's not one to shy away from sci-fi, so it's not that I don't believe that he would do that also. It just seems to me like a very personal uh, account from Billy Pilgrim's side of what happened in, in Dresden and throughout the war. Um, and and by the way, another thing that I find so clever about Vonnegut, he's not the only person to do this, but I think it's the first time I've ever seen an author do this. He adds characters in the book that eventually become superstars in their own books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he does that's this a cool in, thing about him. and he does it so subtly and he just it's a guy that Kilgore Trout which is this author that nobody reads but then there's in another book he's an author it, it, you get it from Kilgore Trout's point of view like he is the author and you see from his point of view he's he's wanting to commit suicide he's not a, he's a failed writer all this stuff like it's just very yeah, clever Dead how he did that. that you know they had, Dead a, I they had also. a bunch of people yeah um, was Billy Pilgrim in Dead Eye Dick? No. Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. Maybe it was... I forgot. There was other characters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kilgore Trout was a big one. He's He shows up in in um, Breakfast of Champions. I mean, it, he does this throughout, so which is which is great. But he also adds himself. So there are certain points when Kurt Vonnegut is talking about Billy Pilgrim, and then he says, I was there next to Billy too, mm. saying that, himself kurt vonnegut was right there next to him uh, and and i i don't know why when he does that i i get goosebumps automatically because i'm like holy shit like this whole time he's he's witnessing this enough to be able to write about it or he's taking himself out of billy pilgrim completely he's he's almost imagining that person or, as a completely different or, guy or could could it be that he was that close to to being mm-hmm. what he was, like what That's Billy true. Yeah. Pilgrim is. Yeah, like oh man, if I, I was so close to him, but he, yeah, he got fucked up, but I didn't. Yeah, but, yeah. but it could have been me. It could have been him, right? That's true. It, he's for one thing is for sure. Kurt Vonnegut definitely was in Dresden. He was in the slaughterhouse. He was a prisoner of war. All the things that are major in this book happened. We obviously don't know if he time traveled and got stuck unstuck in time. But, I think he did. Uh, <laughs> but he did meet, and he did. I mean. There are characters in there like uh, Paul Lazaro, who's this this guy that wants to kill Billy Pilgrim because Billy Pilgrim ended up killing another guy. Uh, Edgar Darby, who is this this really weak uh, soldier that they're with. Yeah, and, if you have a last name Darby, <laughs> you're pretty. Weak. And he ends up getting assassinated by the uh, firing squad. There is um, good death. Yeah, good death. Uh, there's Roland Weary, who is this soldier that ends up beating up Billy Pilgrim, and and he sees he sees himself as almost like a commander, but he's nothing. He's just on the same level as Billy, but he basically bullies Pil- Billy the whole time. Um, and then again, the, actually, the that's one of the other characters, uh, Elliot Rosewater. He, Rosewater is showing is showed up in. Um, Breakfast of Champions, but he also has a book called uh, Mr. Rosewater. Like he's, he's and you read all these books, have you? No, uh, I read a lot. I didn't read the Rosewater. I read Breakfast of Champion, Hocus Pocus, uh, Dead Eye Dick, Player Piano. Um, he, there's a memoir that he has, Fate's Worth and Death. Was it Cats I, in the Cradle? Is that, Cats, is that uh, Cats Cradle. I haven't read that one okay. actually. Yeah. Um, so he is, is. I mean, his themes are always constantly this, which is a very depraved almost sad story and on top of that he builds an imaginary world where you almost want to laugh did he did he die in the 80s 
No, 2007. Oh, they made that joke about... You ever see that movie, Back to School, with Rodney Dangerfield? No. They get a... You know, Rodney Dangerfield is like 40, 50, and he goes back to school with his son in college, and uh, he cheat. You know, he, he has like a... Te- he's rich, so he has like a team of helpers, and uh, one of it's like a Vonnegut paper. Oh, is that when he shows up? When Vonnegut shows up? Yeah, and they're like... He pays him to write this paper, and they're yeah, like, yeah. even Vonnegut... <laughs> They're like trashing this guy. <laughs> and then Vonna gets like, I, yeah, yeah, I, like, I actually it's remember. It's so funny. I saw that clip. I actually saw a clip of that on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, it's really funny. Yeah. Um, no, 2007, actually. Oh, sorry. 2007, yeah. But he, he didn't write that much, right? Um, in between them. He, he, he always, yeah, he always wrote. He wrote mm. a lot of short stories. Oh, okay. Um, he wrote a lot of short stories at the end. And he, I, I, I love him as an author because you will never, ever be able to go find another author that writes the same way. Mm. He's, you can always find a similar to Fitzgerald. You can find that. I mean, Fitzgerald is great in his own way, but you'll always find a similar Well, artist. the way that he weaves characters in and out and yeah. then create their own book. Like, so he has to have a plan of like, I'm going to insert. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, but, uh, but on top of that, like if you read the back of, of Slaughterhouse, like just the synopsis of it and you're going through it and you're like, my God, about the bombing of Dresden, about prisoners of war, mm. slaughterhouse, what? And then and then at the bottom, like where it has the reviews from the New York Times, it's like a hilarious satire. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Fucking hilarious. <laughs> what is hilarious about this? And you read this book and you're like, I get it. Like there is he's adding humor to such a dark thing, and he's the only one that does it in such a way where you're reading about war and you're both sad as hell that it happened but at the same time like you're almost smiling because of the way that he's telling you i feel it like the you. only other person that does that and it's comedy style is like larry david where you take like I, they made fun of 9-11 because mm-hmm. the guys the the rabbis said uh oh yeah my my cousin died in uh if you ever compare kurt vonnegut to, no i'm just kidding <laughs> no no but no, i get what you're saying and he's like oh my cousin died he's uptown yeah like, yeah yeah but it's like <laughs> yeah, there is there is a there is a you're right. There is a parallel between like finding the humor in the darkest things yeah. between the two. And the people that do that are the geniuses. best. I mean, because geniuses. like anybody could, not anybody, but like you could be funny and and you could be really dark and and say weird stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you make it truly relatable, yep. I I I don't necessarily I dislike war war books, especially World War Two books, because I feel like they're so saturated they're everywhere it's just well it's a popular yeah it's it i just i feel like i read so much of it i'm i'm tired of it but this doesn't even feel like a world war ii book even though the entire plot of this story is about world war ii and it's crazy because i'm i read this i mean it's a it's a very very small book yeah i went through it in in two days It's, it's very very quick and there is so much happening in it where he's traveling in time back and forth his his personality goes from a very happy guy to a very pissed off guy. And he's meeting all these other people along the way. And throughout all of that, you're still like, I feel like so much has happened, but only like 20 pages have passed. Yeah. And it's, it's so crazy. And he's, he's, he constantly does that. I mean, how many events have happened? I know you read that I dick too. Mm. How, so many events happen throughout that book. And you're like, that feels like it should be four or five books. And it's in the same as this one. Like it could be a war book. It could be a book about 
him in an airplane crash. It could be a book about him being depressed because of war. And then the first chapter and the last chapter is written from the point of view of Kurt Vonnegut, talking about his friend Gino Hare, where they actually go back and visit Dresden mm. as adults. So he takes himself out of the Billy Pilgrim side, makes himself a Kurt Vonnegut again, goes to visit the the place where he was held as prisoner and sees what it is and 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 for him to do that, that should be its own book. You know what I mean? Yeah, that like probably could be its own book. Yeah. It's crazy how much he packs in such a small novel and you never feel like it's, you feel like a lot has happened, but you never feel like you're reading that That kind of reminds me of, um, I worked as an intern and they did this documentary, Buried Prayers. It, w- it wasn't the best, but it, it was about like Jewish people going back to wherever, mm-hmm. um, where the concentration camps were and like looking for things that they buried. Oh, like, wow. like, um, you know, the chain or an, <clears throat> I'm crying now. Uh, necklace. Uh, no, yeah, that's that's so sad. Yeah, but no, I, I, but, but it was like a. I never. I don't think I actually watched the whole thing. But, Worst Jew ever. Yeah. yeah, but no, but I had to transcribe it, and you heard all these like crazy stories. One, one looked like Joe Pesci. The guy, one of the guys that was. It was like an older guy, wow. like getting interviewed. You know, getting interviewed for the. For the, for the documentary. Yeah, it was pretty... It was interesting because... I don't know how you would remember where things were buried, but it was a good premise. I I, I remember seeing stuff like that. Also, like, sometimes you... They do um, Holocaust so- survivors meet... Oh, yeah, 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 Meet people that were part of the government back then or, like, some German... German oh, that's military. crazy. Yeah, and I've seen a couple of those. So how you doing? Nah. And it's like... I mean, it's so it, as sad as it is. There's always a level of like, um, can't believe that two human beings would do that to one another, right? Like it's, and when they meet the obviously the German soldiers, or it's not usually a soldier; it's somebody who worked like somewhere in the government. Like they didn't really have any say, and or they were part of the party. Like they voted for a Hitler. Yeah, or yeah, like but that. they didn't actually. Yeah, like... they didn't do anything bad. Otherwise, they'd be in jail. But they you can see like how apologetic they are. And then the Jewish person, the survivor is always like, Oh, it's, it's okay. Like Stone Cold Stunner. Hit him with the Stone Cold Stunner. That's what they do. Um, yeah, it's, it's anyway, back to this book. It's, it's very sad book, but at the same time, it's written in a way where it doesn't make you want to kill yourself. Kill yourself. Um, he does it in such a clever way. Again, he he throws so many elements at you and lets you decide. Do you want this to be a sci-fi book? Great. You want it to be a history book? Great. You want it to be an anti-war book? Great. You want it to be a slaughterhouse book? Great. Great, yeah. And you want it to be a memoir about his life? Great. So he does that and he does it in a in a in a very hilarious but also very compassionate way. So I I I'm Again, very happy that I reread this, and I'm very happy that I wasn't wrong for the last 12 years telling everybody to read this book. He's right. When he's right, he's right. When I'm right, I'm right. Whether I'm 16, whether I'm 29, whether I'm 85. And he's 85 right now. I am an 85 right now. He has a great voice. It's a great. Because I cut off the smoking. Yeah, Um, yeah. Very. uh, He stopped at the Mohawks. (laughs) What what was that called? Mohawk. American spirit. Uh, American spirit. American <laughs> spirit. I'm a uh, smoker. Yeah, clearly. I clearly. only do um clearly uh, Paul, Paul Malls. Malls. That's actually Vonnegut's favorite brand. 
I know. Look at you. Well, look at you. Considering I'm 85, I, <laughs> I, I knew. <laughs> um, okay, this was a great episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Instagram handle is Men's Book C. Um, what, what did you rate it? I played the fifth. Oh man, I am at a. I'm definitely at a five out of five. In yeah, this I'm, one. I'm playing I the fifth. Completely forgot all about the ratings. I'm a five out of five a, for sure. A one. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you why. You're not going to tell. It's a one, and you're not going to tell me why. No. All right, I'll literally kill you. Um, no, I, yeah, I just play the fifth. Play. It's 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 a five out of five for you too. I know, and yeah. and. There isn't much you can complain about this book because even if you did, it's 200 pages. And after a while, like 200 pages should just be 200 pages. And it's a very small 200 pages. Um, yeah, it's big type. Big type. Um, very good book. Kurt Vonnegut is always solid as usual. Definitely and if you need to, use a magnifying glass. And if you need to. <laughs> I actually have a very old uh, print of this book. You can see it's worn and torn because it's from such a long time ago. And it's a very... They don't even make this anymore. I actually have a funny story. I I had my dad's like cell phone at one point, or, or my mom's, and my friend was texting me, and I took... You know, you take the picture mm-hmm. of what you write, and it was like huge text, and I sent it to my friend. He's like, dude, are you blind? <laughs> like, because like the A was like... <laughs> For the record, Kurt Vonnegut's book has very small writing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Tune in next week. And uh, we, again, keep up with us on the uh, Instagram at Men's Book Club. I'm sorry, Men's Book C. And we'll get on Twitter, but uh, only when Elon Musk uh, buys buys it. (laughs) All right, thanks, you guys. We appreciate it. All right.